So this morning, we're going to hear some of the story of Palm Sunday and Holy Week. Today is Palm Sunday. And we're going to hear it told by a little young donkey. You may may not be able to tell, but actually he is the grandson of the donkey who carried Mary to Bethlehem. I I know, I know. We have a very special guest today. So, the Easter Donkey's Diary that we're using today is written by Tony Bauer from York Schools and Youth Trust, but it is adapted by me, because I can't help it, so... Matthew chapter 21, verses 1 to 11. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there, with her colt beside her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfil what was spoken through the prophet. Say to daughter Zion, See, your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of them and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord! Hosanna in the highest heaven! When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? The crowds answered, This is Jesus! the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. This is the word of the Lord. So we're going to be hearing the donkey diary. I am such a young donkey that my understanding of human words isn't great yet, but I have a brilliant sense. I can tell it's going to rain when I get wet. Sorry, that's just a joke, but I can sense the different feelings of humans. I can tell if they're happy or sad. I can sense it if they're angry or joyful. All my super senses really help me to work out what is going on. I'll tell you what happened. It is time, said my master. With that, my master handed my reins over to two kind men, and I just knew I was in safe hands. I also felt like I'd just been chosen to do something really special. I felt so excited. I felt so special. The two men were talking as they were walking. I couldn't understand many of their words, but one word made my heart beat stronger when they said it. It made my heart feel safer. It made my heart feel braver. It was just one word, Jesus. The two men took me out to meet Jesus. Can you imagine how I felt? There I was, struggling to stand still and feeling like a sky full of butterflies were doing cartwheels in my tummy. I was beyond giddy. But when Jesus calmly sat on my back and the friend of Jesus told me to giddy up, 
I thought, I can't get any, Gidea. Thankfully, I realised he meant for me to walk on, and so I did. I walked like a king, carrying Jesus, the king of all kings. I sensed that Jesus was on a mission, a very special mission, none that anyone had done before, one that no one else on earth could ever do, only Jesus. But what was his mission? I wanted to work it out. As I walked along, the sun shone like a golden crown on the head of Jesus, and the crowds began to gather all around. My ears are big, and I could hear the excitement in the crowds all around me. I love having big ears. I love the way my Creator God made me. I hope you love the way that you've been made too. You are so special. I know that's true because I could sense it every time Jesus looked at the crowds of people. He absolutely loved them, every one of them. They were all gathered by the roadside. They were so excited to see Jesus. I wondered if they really knew how much Jesus loved them. I could feel it in my bones. I was so happy carrying Jesus. I wanted to skip, but I'm not sure if I could skip, so I didn't. I was so excited carrying Jesus. I wanted to sing, but I didn't know any songs, so I didn't. Instead, I just listened to the crowd singing. They were singing, Hosanna, Hosanna. It sounded beautiful. Do you know what the word Hosanna means? It means, save us. That's what it means. That's what they were singing. Jesus, save us. Was this the mission Jesus was on? I began to think about this as the people were singing. They were waving bits of trees in the air, palm branches, lots and lots of them. We walked on and on beneath a shining, smiling golden sun. Some of the palms fell on the road and I walked over them. They felt ticklish on my hooves. I was trying not to laugh out loud when I saw the crowd putting their coats and cloaks on the floor, on the road. I couldn't jump over all of them. Truthfully, I couldn't jump over one of them. My big, dirty hooves went plunk, plunk, plunk all over their coats and cloaks. I'll never fully understand humans, but I did understand that they were worshipping Jesus. I did understand that Jesus loved them and that Jesus had come to save them. I even picked up one of the palm leaves that was lying on the ground and I placed it carefully in my saddlebag. I kept the palm leaf to remind me of that day and to remind me of the moment that I carried Jesus into Jerusalem. The day the city turned out to greet and meet him. The day the people shouted, Hosanna, save us. I knew Jesus was going to save them, but I didn't know how. We carry on in Matthew chapter 21 and verse 12. Jesus entered the temple courts and drove out all who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves. It is written, he said to them, my house will be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of robbers. The blind and the lame came to him at the temple and he healed them. 
but when the chief priests and the teachers of the law saw the wonderful things he did and the children shouting in the temple courts, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant. Do you hear what these children are saying, they asked him. Yes, replied Jesus. Have you never read from the lips of children and infants, you, Lord, have called forth your praise? And he left them and went out of the city to Bethany, where he spent the night. My journey into the heart of Jerusalem stopped at the temple, the place of worship. This is the place I thought Jesus would be so happy to see, like a donkey finding a whole house made out of hay. The temple is the place where humans come to pray to God. So why was Jesus so sad? Jesus was also angry. Not just a little bit upset, like when I drop the last bit of my carrot and can't find it. That really does bother me and it happens a lot. No, this feeling I could sense was so much more than that. It was anger. The kind of angry I might feel if someone actually stole all my carrots and then ate them right in front of me and laughed in my face. Imagine that. My heart would be very upset. So, when Jesus dismounted from me and tipped over the tables in the temple, scattering the things on them everywhere, I began to wonder what was going on. Bang, crash, wallop went the tables. Jesus made a whip out of some rope and began to whack, thwack, whack all the silver and gold coins from the tables. You have turned my father's house into a den of robbers, said Jesus, whose words roared from him like a mighty lion. I understood every word Jesus said. I didn't understand a word the people said, but I knew they were moaning about Jesus. They grumbled and mumbled and went mutter, mutter, mutter. Jesus was so upset. He was so sad. The people were grumbling and acting so badly. I wanted to help him. And so when I saw the whip he had made out of the rope lying on the floor, I scooped it up with my teeth. I was going to hand it to him, but he was holding his hands up and looking up to the heavens. My granddad, you know, the one who came to Bethlehem with Mary on his back, that one. My granddad saw an angel once, and I was looking for one now. I didn't see one, but I felt like there was an army of angels there. Jesus was still looking up to heaven when I slipped the whip into my saddlebag. I didn't understand all that was going on, but I knew I wanted to understand. The cries of the crowd were getting louder and uglier. I wanted to carry Jesus away from them. It seemed to me that all the people at the temple had got their heads and hearts into a muddle. How could they get so confused as to turn a place of caring and praying into a place of stealing and lying? I'll never understand humans. I watched as Jesus walked slowly away and I wanted to shout, Hosanna! These people need saving from their selfishness and greed. I wanted to shout, Hosanna! I knew somehow that Jesus could save them. I just didn't know how. Now what was Jesus going to do? My granddad used to tell me, you learn from your mistakes and you grow a little wiser. 
My granddad also said he must be very wise at his age because he made so many mistakes. I love my granddad, and I always loved it when he told me his most special story. The story of when Jesus was born, and the angels sang, and the shepherds ran. The night when the world was filled with hope wider than the sky. The night that changed everything for good. Now back to my story, because I had longed for my own donkey adventure ever since I sat by my granddad's hooves and listened with my big floppy ears and my big open heart. So there I was in Jerusalem, the privileged donkey who had carried Jesus while the crowd sang his praises. The donkey who was trying to work out what special mission Jesus was carrying out. Here are the items I've gathered so far. A palm branch, a rope made out of old cord. Here is what I've seen so far. Jesus being praised, thieves at the temple being chased away. Here's what I have heard so far. Jesus telling every listening heart that the most important command to follow is to love God and to love each other. I loved that. Jesus also said some lovely things to a poor widow who placed a tiny coin in the temple offering. It was so tiny that the coin made a little sound that went plink. I loved that sound. It really made me think when Jesus said the poor widow lady had given more than everyone else. I know I'm not good at counting and numbers and my head goes into a muddle, but how can one tiny coin be more than lots and lots of big gold coins? Do you understand it? I had seen plenty of those big gold coins going in the offering box. How did the widow give more money than people who gave more money? It's a bit of a riddle. This is what Jesus said. This widow lady has given more than anyone because she gave everything she had. Everything. My ears started to flip and flap when I heard that. She gave everything. That's what love does. And that's what Jesus was talking about. Love God and love one another. Not just a little bit or on one day of the week, but all the time. It's funny, I don't understand all the words humans say, but I did understand the words Jesus was saying. Even though sometimes they might make me think a a lot to work it all out. I think it's really important to think about what Jesus says and try to understand it. And Jesus showed us God's love. I understand that. Matthew chapter 26, starting at verse 36. Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to them, Sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little farther, He fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet, not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Couldn't 
you men keep watch with me for one hour, he asked Peter, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away a second time and prayed, My father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. When he came back, he again found them sleeping, because their eyes were heavy. So he left them, and went away once more, and prayed the third time, saying the same thing. Then he returned to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour has come, and the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. I was grazing on the grass in the Garden of Gethsemane in the evening. I'd been given the task to carry Jesus into Jerusalem, and I'm a loyal little colt. I don't abandon my duty and do a bolt. So that's why I stayed close to where the friends of Jesus were all hanging out for the night, the Garden of Gethsemane. It was the end of a long, tiring day when I heard familiar footsteps come my way. I heard the sadness in their voices. I heard confusion in their conversations. One of them stopped by me and tried to smile as he stroked my head. He was carrying a small loaf of bread in his hands, a loaf which he placed into my saddlebag. And then he stood there and shook his head. The bread Jesus shared with us tonight, he said. The bread that he broke in his hands and offered to all of us. This is my body broken for you. That's what Jesus said. That's what Jesus told us. I could feel confusion and sadness. I could sense there was fear too. He went on. I've never seen us all so quiet. We sat there listening and hanging on to Jesus' every word. And he said, this is my body broken for you. Eat this bread in remembrance of me. That's what we all did. We ate the piece of bread that Jesus had broken for each one of us. The man looked into the dark night. I don't know what he was thinking, but there was a sad feeling. I could sense that. That loaf is for tomorrow's breakfast, he told me as he patted the saddlebag and tried to smile at me. I nodded and snorted, trying to tell him that not only would I look after it carefully, but I would also think carefully about what Jesus had said. It felt to me that this could be part of Jesus' mission. The garden became full of people, all camping out for the night. They made a circle on the ground as they started to sing. It was a wonderful song and a beautiful sound, but I didn't hear the words. I just felt the feelings of prayer and worship that came from their hearts and filled and thrilled the air. It was amazing. Then, all of a sudden, like the sun going down, the whole atmosphere changed. The garden became as quiet as a carrot in the ground. Everything felt different. I could see Jesus with three of his friends. I could see Jesus talking to them as they walked together. I trotted across the ground to see if they were going somewhere and needed me to carry anything. But the load that Jesus was carrying wasn't on the outside. It wasn't a physical load he was carrying like a million bags of carrots. 
It was an even heavier weight around his heart. I could feel it. That weight was so heavy, it felt like it could crush the whole world. That was the kind of weight I could feel Jesus was carrying. Jesus wasn't leaving the garden at all. He was standing still. He was standing strong like a tree that is deep-rooted. Jesus wasn't going anywhere, but his three close friends kept closing their eyes time and time again. I saw their eyes shut and I saw their shoulders slump and their bodies lying flat out on the ground and their mouths and noses making a rumbling, snoring sound. Jesus was wide awake. Jesus' mouth was moving, but I couldn't quite hear everything he was saying. I think it was something like, Father, if there is any other way. Was he asking his father God if there was a way out of the garden? I knew all the roads around here and I could show him the way out of the garden, but I don't think he meant that. I heard Jesus say, not my will, but yours be done. And I felt an anxiety, a stress like someone who was trying to carry the weight of the world. I'd never felt anything like this before. There seemed to be a real tussle going on inside Jesus. It was like Jesus was struggling to hand over the reins of his life. There was something he really didn't want to do, but something he felt overwhelmingly he had to do. Overwhelmed, that's what I think was going on. Overwhelmed by emotions. Overwhelmed by decisions. Overwhelmed by his mission. Jesus was standing up, and I knew why. I could hear it. Did I tell you I have really big ears? Well, I have, and in the darkness before the dawn... I could hear them coming. It was the way the ground shook with their marching feet. It was the way the swords clanked as they marched up the street. It was the soldiers coming this way. It was the soldiers entering the garden before the break of day. There were torches burning and flames jumping. There were swords raised and people shouting. There were disciples running. And there was Jesus standing still. I could sense that Jesus was a man who had made his decision. I could sense that Jesus was a man on a mission as the soldiers led him away. But why? Why had the soldiers come? Why arrest Jesus? It wasn't Jesus who had been cheating God at the temple. It wasn't Jesus who had done anything wrong at all. So why arrest him? I couldn't work it out. Suddenly, everyone was gone. I was left standing by an olive tree all alone. I began to move and crunched an olive branch under my hoof. I looked down at the ground and decided to pick the branch up and slip it into my saddlebag. The olive branch looked like it had been snapped. Had it been snapped by the soldiers with their swords? I didn't know. But it would help remind me of this garden and this mysterious moment. I will never forget seeing Jesus calmly walking out of the garden, surrounded by soldiers. He never looked back, and I couldn't look away. I had no idea where they were taking him, but I had a horrible feeling about what was going to happen. I stood in the middle of a lonely garden as the clouds hid the moon, and I brayed as loud as I could. Someone help Jesus, I cried. 
but there was no one to help. And we are going to be thinking, obviously, more about Jesus' death on Good Friday and his resurrection on Easter Sunday. But I'm not going to steal the stuff from the service that's going to happen then. So, Lord, what can we ever say in response for all that you've done for us? Lord, would you touch us, each one of us, in a new way? That as we journey through Holy Week this week, we would worship you. That you would help us to understand more clearly and to follow you more nearly. Thank you, Lord. Amen. And we'll finish with a blessing. May the love of the Lord Jesus draw you to himself. The power of the Lord Jesus strengthen you in his service. The joy of the Lord Jesus fill your hearts and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be upon us and remain with us always. Amen.